Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, I'm not a big fan. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner. my opening song. Nobody's safe. Taylor Swift is everywhere. No, let me get a little bit of Ryan Adams here. Let's get a little bit. Let a little bit, Eva. So welcome, good afternoon, I'm Anthony Weiner, thank you for meeting me in the middle, sometime every Saturday at 2 o'clock when we take some steps away from the hot takes of the far left and the far right, and try to bring some context to the news of the week or a subject that doesn't find its way into the middle of the conversation enough. Taylor Swift, woman of the, person, icon of the year, she's so powerful, even my opening song, New York, New York by Ryan Adams, sometimes we should play more of that. I, get, I do still get a fair amount of, of email asking who that is. Got a lot of email this week about the music last week. It's great to have you along. Ava's on the other side of the board. She's the one dropping in the Taylor Swift gremlins. I think she's trying to make a point here. We're here till 4 o'clock. Curtis Lee comes in for Left versus Right at 4. You can catch us 770 on the AM dial, the most powerful radio station on this beautiful day. And this is it. This is the last throes of the fall. Winter is coming in. Actually, I heard Noam say it's going to be a terrible rainstorm tomorrow here on the East Coast. Wherever you're listening, I hope you're comfortable. Here's what we have going on in New York. This is the day, day, week, month, I don't know, where people dress up like Santa Claus or dress up like elves and go to the bars. And in keeping, you know, I have been accused the last few weeks because I've been all about how young people don't seem to know their history and and have been leading these protests that have been ahistorical at best, anti-Semitic at worst. And so a few people have said to me, God, you sound like such an old man, you know, shouting at clouds when you talk about young people today. So I am in a different vibe. If you want to go out and stumble around the streets dressed up as Santa Claus, fine. If you're into Taylor Swift, fine. I actually, the more I read about Taylor Swift, the more I I like her. We're going to do some Taylor Swift music today. You might have, if you want to call 800-848-9222, say anything nasty about Taylor Swift, Ava's going to drop you. That's what I predict. Christian's on the calls. Kevin is supervising things. 
And if you want to reach out to me, wienerwabc at gmail.com. An interesting thing happened this week. I said I wasn't going to read my social media handles anymore because so much bad stuff's going on in social media and more people emailed me. So wienerwabc at gmail.com. If I make a mistake, if you want to suggest a topic for a future show, if you just want to give me a hard time about something or compliment something I said. Um, interesting week. A lot going on. It's one of those weeks where I printed out a lot of stuff, a lot of notes. Curtis Slewa, who kind of mentors me in this stuff, said, for every hour you're on the air, you should do two hours of prep. And today, this week, I was just reading so much. There was so much going on. Some stuff in the unsurprising category, you know, Santos going on, selling videos of himself to make money. I'm not surprised. Is that kind of in keeping with what we know about him? Kevin McCarthy resigning or announcing he's resigning, I think probably at the end of this week. He might already be done. Not that surprising. It's tough when you've been a speaker and you've been thrown out by your colleagues. There's no chance you're going back. And then I saw him groveling, saying he would take a position in Trump's cabinet. Kevin McCarthy going out with the grace that he came in on. You know, is this book called Young Guns. That was the rise of these three congressmen in the early 2010s. Paul Ryan went on to become vice presidential candidate under uh, Mitt Romney. Obviously wasn't successful. A guy named Eric Cantor, Jewish Republican, seemed like he had a bright future. He lost the primary, I think, two years after that book came out. And now Kevin McCarthy, the third of the young guns, he's out. So the 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 Freedom Caucus Tea Party guys, they're eating their own. So not much interesting on that. As I mentioned, Taylor Swift, the person of the year. It's, a, it's remarkable. People are getting all up in our like – these incel white guys sitting at their computers complaining about this or whatever. Let Who cares? She's fine. She's a very successful. She seems kind of hip. I've watched, you know, read some of the stuff about her. She seems fine. It's different ways you can be influential in the world. And obviously she's very influential. She has like you made like a billion, literally a billion dollars on this Eras tour. Eras, that was called. Now, I'm not an aficionado. I can't even say that I'm much of a fan. However, we're going to use Taylor Swift all day as our bumper music. I had not thought that she would totally take over the show, but um, a lot has been said. Not much more to be said about the hearings where anti-Semitism on campus was discussed. I think that people need to understand, and these college presidents obviously are learning it the hard way. First Amendment, freedom of speech, your ability to say outrageous, horrible things, that's something that exists that government can't stop you from saying horrible things and that government will protect you if you want to say them. If you want to walk down the streets advocating for genocide for Jews, as outrageous as that is, or being a member of the KKK, walking through Skokie, Illinois, uh, through a Jewish community, or even saying that you believe that we should have something outrageous like slavery, and you can walk down the street and do it, and the police will have to protect your right to do that. But when you're on a college campus, when you're in a business, when you're, you know, you get to, there's, you, you have ability to make rules. And by, by definition, if you're in an academic setting, you need to have rules of what's acceptable to say, what's not acceptable, what, what constitutes harassment, what constitutes violence. And, and so when these college presidents basically try to litigate it and say, well, it depends upon what context you're saying you support a whole race of people being wiped out violently. They're being legal, legalistic. But I just want to say to my friends 
particularly those on the right who have complained about cancel culture, that these lines are hard to draw. Now, the obvious answer for those college presidents was, of course, it's not you can't go around saying that. Of course, that makes people feel unsafe, particularly when Jews are such a small minority in this country. But a lot of the people that got so upset about that were also the ones that are getting upset about other people being banned from campus or not being allowed to speak because they said things that they thought were perfectly fine. I mean, these are hard questions, and we're, we're wrestling with them in real time. And one of the interesting things, you know, someone did, it's a little bit of a, a baloney thing, but someone, a Wall Street, someone did a, paid for a little poll, like 250 students across the United States, asking them whether they support this chant from the river to the sea. It's published in the Wall Street Journal this week. But only 47 people, 47% of these students who said that they embraced the slogan were able to name the river or the sea. Less than a quarter knew who Yasser Arafat was. And 12 of them, of these 250, it's not a lot, you know, more than 10%. Well, how's that more than 10%? It's not. Um, said that they thought that Yasser Arafat was the first prime minister of Israel. I mean, all this is ridiculous. It's probably... You know, the point being made is the one that I've made for weeks now is that a lot of these people marching the streets, wearing these shirts, chanting the slogans, have no idea what they're talking about. And the important people are the people in places like the White House and the Congress. And once again, I mean, the Congress has been strong on this stuff. But there's more that they need to do. You know, today, just as I was walking over here, it was announced that the president had authorized by emergency authority – to send some arms to Israel without waiting for Congress to do it. Now, why does he have to do this? Because Congress has been dragging their feet. Congress has been asked by the president to do four common sense things here before they leave town, which is going to be at the end of this week. One, fund for the war in Ukraine. Two, fund for the, for the war in Israel against the terrorist organization Hamas. Three, funds to bolster uh, Taiwan against a possible uh, a challenge from China, the Indo the Indo Pacific region, and four, a bunch of things to make it faster and easier and more efficient to process people at the border to get them out if they've declared that they want to have asylum, for example, more border officers, more machines to to track fentanyl. And the Republicans have said no, that they don't want to do that. They want to do other things. They want to do other things on immigration. And what Chuck Schumer has said and what the president has said and what everyone says, all right, if you want to do some bipartisan things here, but we've got to do bipartisan things because we have the Senate controlled by the, the Democrats. The House is controlled by now by one vote or two votes by the Republicans. And you've obviously got the White House in the hands of, of Joe Biden. If you want to do something here, tell us what it is, but it's got to be a bipartisan thing. It can't be just some extreme thing like, you know, we got to agree to do something that a majority of the people in Congress don't agree to. And they're holding it up. And I, you know, I just, I just want to say that this is these should be Republican ideals. Funds to Ukraine is to stand up against Putin. And I, you know, I've heard again and again and again, even on this airwaves. And I heard, I think it was Andrew Giuliani say it the other day. Well, we want to make sure we know where this money is going when it comes to Ukraine. We're not sending the money, guys. We're sending them weapons. That we manufacture and have in stock and we need to send them and then the money goes to replenishing our stock. Of the $68 billion in military and related stuff we sent to Congress, uh, to uh, to Ukraine, 90% of it is going to American companies. That's where it's going. 
and and we're, and 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 I know everyone says, well, I support Israel, but I don't support the Ukraine part. Well, who do you think is supporting Iran right now? Russia is also bolstering Iran, and Iran is sending is selling armaments and oil to Russia. They're the same guys, the bad guys. So, there, so I would just say that I, I I would hope that everyone within the sound of my voice calls up their congressman and says, you know, get that aid bill out. I mean, honestly, you can't leave town and give Putin that win, and you can't leave town and give Hamas that win and give Iran that win. And you can't leave town and give Xi that win and give town and leave the people who want to bolster the border do nothing about it. So it'll be by the end of the week, and I hope it gets done. And if the Republicans want to add more stuff on immigration, listen, there are talks that are going on now. Talk to some of my colleagues, my former colleagues in Washington. And, you know, Democrats are not saying no to stuff. They're saying, listen, it's got to be something bipartisan that we can all agree and vote on. And I think that the president's package of like, uh, you know, more, more, more. I mean, think about this. More border officers, more machinery to track, um, to, to, to scan uh, um, vehicles as they come in to, to catch fentanyl. More hearing officers. So when people come in and say, I want to declare asylum. They go to a hearing officer. They don't go to New York for four years. I think we should be able to agree on that. And also this week, more news came out about the economy. So last week we had this conversation. You can get all of these episodes on in a form of a podcast. By the way, the Middle Unplugged, which is the podcast I do on Wednesday, episode 59, we took two callers from this show. Some of our most favorite callers, the Hall of Fame, perhaps Richard from Texas and Chris from Long Island. And we had a conversation, a longer conversation about the future of radio. About And I would encourage you to listen. But anyway, if you go back and listen to this show last week, I was talking about the idea that economic issue like crime very often takes a long time, even when the statistics are better for the data to turn around. I mean, for the perceptions to turn around. And I read all the latest statistics. And more good economic news came out this week. But someone sent me to WABC at gmail.com. They sent this great research that I hadn't seen. It was a, a survey that was done the 25th to the 27th of November, just a few weeks ago, where they did something interesting. They asked people questions that were factual in nature about the economy to see whether people agreed, basically agreed with it. Basically, whether they had a right here, I'll read you a couple so you get a sense for where this is going. Comparing today to one year ago, which has increased faster on average on average across the United States, prices or wages? Now, we know that wages have grown higher. That's a fact. Prices have risen faster than wages. Ninety percent of the people in this survey thought that. Isn't that fascinating? Okay, again, there's more. Do you think the rate of inflation has gone up, down, or stayed the same since this time last year? Now, that's a fact. It's gone down. Only 9% said it went down. 73 said it went up. Inflation has risen faster, um, has gone up. Uh, let me do one more. In terms of net worth, do you think the median American income is wealthier today than before the pandemic? Wealthier before the pandemic, 67%. That's wrong. It's wealthier today. Now, these are the facts. Now, you can whatever well, about the facts. The, this is based on what they did. They were trying to show that the perceptions of the economy don't match. And so here we are this week, and I don't expect everyone to turn around and start cheering. 
Um, as a matter of fact, um, so let me read, read some 199,000 new jobs, unemployment down to 3.7%, down two tenths of a percent, oil futures at a two year low, mortgage rates slid. And how about this? I hate, I mean, I hate to be the one to tell people like Steve Moore this, but the U S oil production is higher than it's ever been in American history. Higher than Trump. This whole, oh my God, we've shut down the U.S. energy industry. 13.24 million barrels. Now more than half the country is getting gas less than $2.99 a barrel, a gallon rather. And the benchmark for oil price is down nearly 20% in this, the fourth quarter. And you can just hear how hard it is for people. You just heard, you just heard a conversation on Steve Moore's excellent program about economists. Oh my God, this can't be true, but it is. And my one of my favorite, perhaps the maybe the least intelligent person on all of television, Marie Bartiromo, she was interviewing a panel about this good economic news. And listen to how she put it. Joe Laborn, you've been saying this for a long time, saying that the economy is a lot stronger than anybody understands. Your reaction? It takes a while. Everything Steve <laughs> said makes complete She's like, sense. You can't uh, understand. The numbers are. You get it. I mean, she's all like, you can't understand it. We can understand it. Now, I go back to what I've said in the past. I don't think that that presidents raise or lower gas prices. I don't think that is really a thing. And even this week, when all the news is coming out about the lower ga- the lower oil prices and the domestic production on the U.S. side being breaking records, it's really just because the Chinese economy has slowed down. Just the same way when it went up, it was because of the increased demand after COVID combined with the Russian oil coming off off the market, combined with the instability of the war, combined with all kinds of problems of coming back from a standstill of COVID. But I but the, the perception that people still have is that things are that things are really rotten. I mean, look, the. The economy is better now. Hopefully, it keeps getting better and keeps getting better. And I think that you can argue that there were some policies that were done right by the Fed that you know drove up interest rates. Hopefully, interest rates come down. There are a lot of businesses dependent on that in New York City. But things have gotten better. And if you're the president of the White House with the world on fire overseas, at least we've got that. And we come back and talk a little bit more about what's going on in Israel and Eretz Yisrael to my Jewish friends, and um, in the second hour, you thought I was going to leave it out. Nope. I got Hunter Biden updates. I got Bill, uh, I said Bill Clinton. I, I got um, Donald Trump updates and the possible impeachment of President Hunter Biden. It's a beautiful day. I'm glad you're with us here on The Middle. We'll see you on the other side. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. 
and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real world results. That's SAP Business AI. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Finding new ways to make change. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all this happened, Anthony Weir, he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC. Back to the middle of Anthony Weaver. That's Taylor Swift when back in. I cannot tell you the name of that song. It's apparently a very popular song. I don't want to be dismissive. I mean, she's a very big deal. Now, I've done a little research on the subject, not a lot. I've asked my friend Kitty, who knows a lot about this stuff, and every explanation of these songs, like you have to know some elaborate backstory of someone that she was with and everything else. I get it. But I can, I think her. Her impact is kind of undeniable in terms of her as a social thing. Now, in my Thanksgiving edition of The Middle Unplugged, and I had people I was grateful for, one of them was her because I am hoping one of these days she says, I'm with Joe Biden, and all these stands of hers run out and register, and who the heck knows? More maybe there's no politics in there at all about it. So I want to talk a little bit about um, – about some things I've heard on the radio and some things I'm hearing out there about what's going on in Israel and what's going on with the war against Hamas. Um, I saw today that as I was coming over here that the president is authorizing unilaterally as part of his power to to practice foreign policy, an emergency supply of like I think tank mortar shells are being being sent over there. Congress is being asked asked to do more. Um, And – you know, there is this 
you know, I just want want people to kind of understand a little bit that part of what U.S. policy has to be here as kind of the only real friend that Israel has in the world. Not the only one, but we're like, you know, presidents, state departments on the world stage have to do everything that they can to try to not only be supportive of Israel, which we are, but also try to kind of keep the world at bay in their anti-Israel instincts. And so when there, every administration, including the Trump administration, every administration has been, on paper at least, against expansion of the settlements in the West Bank. And the reason for that is, is if there's ever going to be a two-state solution, if there's ever going to be these two groups of people, the, is the, the Jews and the, the Palestinians, extricating themselves from one another and living side by side, the Palestinians are going to have to live somewhere. And so to the extent that the expansion of the settlements in the West Bank happens, it makes it harder and harder to figure out where that's going to be. So things like that. And, and I know when I was in Congress and a Democratic administration or a Republican would be critical of settler, of settlement policies of the Israeli guy. I would say the same thing, but out, it's none of your business, it's their business, I get it. But when you are the president, when you're the State Department, you're also trying to kind of keep this fragile coalition together. And so I hear a lot the last few weeks of people who, I get it, who are doing talk radio, saying we should hold Iran responsible, we should bomb Iran. 800-848-WABC, by the way, is the phone number, 800-848-9222. And we should, you know, we should strike back. Well, part of what the United States is trying to do and part of what Israel is trying to do now by not attacking in their north and engaging Hezbollah is to try to narrow this thing as much as they can to stamping out Hamas. And what Hamas is trying to do And what her ally Iran is trying to do is trying to expand this as much as possible to bring in as much of the – make this as much a conflagration of the Arab world against Israel as they can. And Anthony Blinken and Joe Biden is trying to not – is trying to make sure that doesn't happen. And you'll notice when the State Department has been – has been – critical or when the the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff goes and visits um, and has said, listen, we've got to be careful how we do we prosecute that war. You know who hasn't been saying, hasn't been out there putting pressure on Israel publicly? Joe Biden himself hasn't been. There's an effort to try to be as supportive of Israel as possible and without making this worse. And there's one other thing everyone needs to keep in keep in mind here. And people who follow the Middle East and people who know the history of that region will tell you this. There is going to be a time when this war is over. And we're going to be back to a position where Israel has to live in that neighborhood. Now, Bibi Netanyahu won't be around. He won't. He's not going to survive this politically once this war is over. But we have to make we, – we, people who care about Israel deeply, people who really care about her long-term survival – have to realize that that we can't just be thinking about all right how do how do they win this war today they think about that plus and the plus has to be what happens when the war is over bibi netanyahu's gone then what who runs gaza does gaza just become like afghanistan does does the does the idf go in like 
BB sense? Does the IDF go in and live in there like we tried to do in Mosul? And then what had like then what have how does how does these two people living side by side, how does that ever happen? The Israeli people overwhelmingly know that being the that in that part of the world having the responsibility for occupying, controlling, running the West Bank and Gaza is untenable. And I want my president, I want my State Department understanding that. Because it's not a there's not a long-term future. There's now what the the people who say I believe in a one-state solution with everyone think from the river to the sea, not People being slaughtered. They say to the river to the sea. There are a lot of people who say I want the river to the sea to be one big, happy, democratic family. Well, that means there's no Jewish state in that part of the world. That's what that means. And what does that mean? Does that mean that the Jews who live there, can they survive there? No, but that's not happening. Israel is there. It's an eternal presence now. But if when this thing is all done, if the only thing that's left is a fond memory on the part of the surviving Palestinians for Hamas because they stood up to Israel, where does that leave us? And to the other side, to the left, who says, oh, let's just put the Palestinian Authority in charge. They run the West Bank. No, they don't. No, they don't. They have no authority there. They, they, they've proven to be un, unable, incompetent, and they certainly can't now go into Gaza. And it's not like they're going to be welcome. They're, oh, my God. Oh, good. Uh, well, uh, Palestinian authorities there. So who's left? The U.N.? You think the U.N. can be trusted to make sure that there aren't weapons in there pointing right back at Israel tomorrow? So I know when you do talk radio and everything seems binary, you're like, let's just blow them up. Let's bomb Iran tomorrow. The Israelis have to do everything they can right now to extinguish Hamas, any last living soul that is pointing back at them. Okay. Check. And then what? Then it becomes – then things get harder. And I think what our administration is trying to do is to try to be – you guys go do what you need to do. We'll get you the weapons. We'll get you the armaments. We'll get you the intelligence, whatever you need to do. And on the world stage, they're making sure to position – they're trying to position our country as one that says, listen, we get it. We don't want anyone who's innocent to die. And by the way, for the people who say like live in. There's no such thing as an innocent Palestinian. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There are plenty of innocent Palestinians here. Even the ones that cast votes in 2005 and six, you know, 2005. There are young people there. There are kids. There are children. There are people who probably sit around their dinner table long before this since Jesus of Hamas is the house of pain, but what can we do about it? This has been going on this long for a reason. 
It defies easy answers. It is not just a matter of draw a line here on the, on the border and a map or draw a line there. And it starts with Israel wiping out Hamas. That's where it starts right now, today. But we also have to do it in a way, and the way we carry ourselves as a country, our country, the United States of America, the way we carry ourselves is with some basic principles involved. One, Israel is democracy. She gets to make decisions for herself and her own well-being. Two, we're her friend, her ally, her unshakable ally, always will be. Three, part of being a friend, part of being an ally is to talk talkless, is to, is to speak honestly, is to be – you know, so look – Let's not make the same mistakes that we made. <laughs> Four, there's not a one-state solution there on either side. Israel having, what is it, nine million Jews and then there are nine million Palestinians that don't have, you know, that can't live up to their aspirations. That doesn't work. And on the other side, it doesn't work either. We're not going to live in a world that doesn't have a Jewish state. We learned our lesson from that. And these things are difficult. On some level, they're nuanced. They don't lend themselves sometimes to AM shout radio. But that's my two cents about what I've been hearing. And when we come back, we'll get to some calls. And then at the top of the hour, we're going to do the legal update. We'll have some fun with this because, you know, nobody likes talking about Hunter Biden more than I. But also Donald Trump, very quietly in a low-key way, had a very rough day in the courts. Not here in New York. Well, he had a pretty good day in New York. But in Wisconsin... In Nevada and in other places. And I'll explain when we get back. This is the middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. We'll see you on the other side. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, I'm not a big fan. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner. This song I know. I know this one. That's Taylor Swift, the person of the year. And she she she, uh, she posed on Time. I mean, you've seen this already by now, I'm sure. But she poses for the cover of Time Magazine, the person of the year. And she's got her cat around the neck, around her shoulders. <clears throat> so someone sent me this video of this guy. And, and, and Curtis would understand this as a cat person. Of this guy trying to get his cat to sit on his shoulders like she did, like a, a scarf or whatever. I think she's fine. What? I, well, I mean, I don't – I cannot – I can't get that upset about it. I guess we're in a world where everyone gets upset about anything. All right, here. We have someone on the board. Rocco in Saratoga. Rocco, what do you have to say about Taylor Swift? Anthony, Anthony, long time no speak. How's the son's tummy? Is it better? He's all he's doing great. So, Rocco, are you a Taylor? Are you a Swifty? Yeah. 
I don't know a single song she sings. She's a brilliant business person. That's all I know. I don't. I couldn't tell you one Taylor Swift song, but I'm a bit. I run a hedge fund, and so I'm on the business side of stuff. She's a brilliant, brilliant business person. I believe she's the richest entertainer currently for all she does around the world. She has credit cards in foreign countries branded Taylor Swift. That's how good she is around the world, not even in the U.S. Yeah. So that she's a brilliant business mind. That's what I got to give Taylor. Absolutely brilliant. Singing, I have no idea. I'm a little too old for Taylor. You know, Anthony, I'm back in the 60s and 70s. I'm still with the Beatles and the Stones, Zeppelin, you know, that that's Christian will tell you. I'm a music aficionado, but not of this generation. No, I I, I totally get it. And Rocco, I appreciate it. I kind of have a a similar a a similar take. And if you're listening to to 77 Music Radio here, uh, there's not a lot of Taylor Swift that goes on. I, I think Rocco has it exactly right. I think she is a very astute businesswoman. And, you know, they used to have this thing, I don't know if it exists anymore, called the Q rating, like this general sense of like how much people like you. Will Smith, before he had all his things, had this big, big Q rating. Uh, John Stewart, before he got too political, had to be. And so I just think she has a really high kind of just general sense that she's like. But I do think we are in a world now that people take the, a, there's there's a marketplace for a contrarian view on everything. Like no one can just be oh, oh all right so she's the the the, per, the person of the year or whatever it is. And by the way, I didn't even know Time Magazine was still a thing. I I don't think I have held a Time Magazine in my hand in ten years. So here it is. We're talking about um, we're, we're we're talking about that. So let's 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 go go to some calls. Um, we're, we're talking a little bit about Ukraine. We're talking about the economy. We're talking about. Israel in the Middle East. You know, the, the, the thing is, and, and I don't want to minimize the people for whom when they, they see the other side in the conversation about Israel-Hamas, basically being pro-Hamas and saying, okay, let's be binary on the other side and so let's squash these bugs, you know, whatever it is. But I think that, that one of the things I like to bring to the radio and one of the things I like to have this microphone and, and call the show the middle for is the idea of having a more nuanced conversation. And, 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 and I am more pessimistic about the future that Israel faces than I have in a very long time, notwithstanding that she's going to do this job. They're going to wipe out every last remnant of Hamas. And every day there's, there's more evidence that they're making a lot of progress. And, and, and to those of you who are saying, oh, my, hold up, ceasefire now, whatever it is, like the United Nations was – the Security Council was going to pass a resolution had it not been for the United States vetoing it under the uh, under Joe Biden's administration. They were going to call – the UN was going to call for a ceasefire. Not that it would have been binding on anyone, but they were going to call for a ceasefire. And then the Israelis would have had to be outside of a UN resolution. But the thing to, to – it could be that one of the reasons they're going so hard right now is they know that the world community is turning on them. And that that they have to get this done as quickly as they can before the pressure becomes untenable. And let me just say one other thing. You know, this was very easy for Bibi Netanyahu, for Donald Trump, for the tail end of the Obama administration, and now for most of the Biden administration, just to ignore the Middle East and to ignore Israel 
because it was so difficult to get a two-state solution because there was no one representing the Israel, the, the Palestinian side. You had Hamas in Gaza and you had a feckless PA, Palestinian Authority, and Mahmoud Abbas in, in the West Bank, who, and he couldn't do anything. So a lot of people had took the easy path. In fact, Trump, with the Abraham Accords, you can argue, made it even a little bit worse because you've got these moderate states, the UAE and, 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 and what was it, Bahrain, whatever it is, to get the impression, all right, we're helping in the Middle East. Well, where are those countries now? Where are those countries now? They're supporting the Palestinians and basically sitting on the sidelines. So maybe the time to have been doing this has been the last 10 years when all of us were saying, well, you can't do peace now. By the way, I'm not – my board is not full up, Abe. I, I'm, I don't, I'm getting, not getting a full list here. Um, so that's what's that, – that, that's the thing. And, and you know, in my, my record on the Middle East in Congress, people, you know, said that I was to the right of the worst Likudnik. And I was very conservative and very hawkish and, and I was in there, you know, and, and that's not different. That's not different today. The only difference is today being someone on the radio – is that I just don't want to hawk, hawk. I just don't want to parrot, different bird, parrot back the same things that I've been hearing. So let's go to the calls. My board is not working completely. I have one call up here. Scrapper in Connecticut. Hey, Scrapper, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, you're doing a hell of a job, and uh, Curtis is too. But the point, the issue I have is I understand you look at the figures, but there's an old cliche, I guess that's the right word, that uh, figures never lie. The only time figures lie are when liars are doing the figures. And there's very seldom you got you get a true, accurate figure with the government or companies. And um, that's uh, I have a lot more to say, but I give you a lot of credit. Well, I appreciate it, Scrapper. Do. But before I let you continue, I mean, this whole idea that you can't believe the numbers— well, the same numbers that you thought made inflation higher. I mean, I get people have their lived experience, right? And that's part of the problem with these polls when you ask them about the economy is it's you always get a different answer. Here's a little tell. If you want to read these polls, you get a little tell. When the question is, is, is your family doing better, worse, or the same? is always a different outcome when you do surveys like that when you ask about the economy because people, when you answer about the economy, all they're echoing back is what they are hearing. I mean, and so the, the you know, it's not, but I can tell you, as it, it, these are facts. The people, Bureau of Labor Statistics, the same ones that Donald Trump talks about when he says his economy was so great. If we're not going to agree with the people who gather the statistics, I don't know what, I don't know how we have a conversation. I'll be honest. Um, let's go to Mike in Pennsylvania. Hey, Mike, welcome aboard. Hey, how you doing? Good. I'm, I'm listening to, you know, I hear about Israel and, you know, we need to have, and you're, you're saying we need to have a Jewish state, a Jewish state, a Jewish state. How is that a democracy if you only have one religion? Well, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge because frankly, because Muslims and Arabs get to get to vote in, in Israel but they're not the majority. You can have a Jewish state just like you have. But by and large, most countries in the world are or have a have a, a state religion. We're the exception to that rule. And so Israel has a right of return 
that you can come. If you're a Jew, you can always come to Israel. That's based on the ethos of the of the many times that people have tried to wipe out the Jews, including after World War II. That we said never again. There will always be a place that's not that that the that Jews have some place to go. I remember something to keep in mind for people who are not familiar with the history. The times when the Jewish people were the most at risk, pre-Nazi Germany, Jews were the height of social order, the, the professors, the doctors, the artists, the most successful people in Germany at the time. And that didn't protect them from the Shoah. In the Spanish, the same that was true in, in, in the 1400s, the Spanish Inquisition, the same time that, that Jews were the very height of power, the height of influence and everything else. And that didn't prevent the Inquisition. So you can say they don't have a right to it. That's fine. That doesn't. I know. I don't. I don't care if you think they have a right to it. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. You know. Uh, but it, it exists. It's a Jewish state, and 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 it's also a democracy. Did that answer your question, Mike? Yeah, but but I didn't say that they didn't have a right to it. And when and when you're talking about all, all the people, all the Jews that are in high places all the countries. That's like this country now, because Biden's and them are always trying to knock the people that are the highest. The guys like Trump, the guys like Mr. Casamatias. If well, you had money, now you're a bad guy again. Well, wait a minute. Hold that, on. Hold on. The pe- people like Donald Trump and John Casamatias, this country has been enormously good to people like that. No, no, yes, they, no. The, those people have been good to the country also. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I'm saying Biden and Bernie Sanders and, and the Democratic Party is always knocking the millionaire. Well, we wait have- a minute. no, no, no. I, I think that that's not entirely fair. The question is knocking the millionaire. It's the idea that very often our policies in the country disproportionately help people that don't need that much help. That's the point is that I'll tell you, Mike, we, if you had a choice. A tax cut for a billionaire and a tax cut for you, what would you choose? Everybody's going to choose for themselves. That's exactly but right. But, but, the- but the middle class and those struggling to make it, people like you, Mike, I, I don't know if you're a billionaire or not, people like you disproportionately are not getting the advantages right now. That's why we have so much concentration of wealth in this country. And I think the difference between Democrats and Republicans is Democrats say that's a problem. We've got to fix that. We want more going to the middle class and those struggling to make it, not less. That's the difference. I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. It's not about whether you believe in this country. It's just you believe in the kind of 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 the kind of of prosperity that benefits the middle class and those struggling to make it. If you are, you know, if you're Jeff Bezos, you're doing okay. He's not asking for a tax cut. He shouldn't get one. Instead, we should give it to Mike in Pennsylvania. We'll see you on the other side. to make change, reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all this happened, Anthony Weir, he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC. 
her Turns out it was that guy you hooked up with ages ago Some wannabe Z-lister And all the outfits were terrible 2003 unbearable Did you see the photos? No, I didn't, but thanks, so. I'm so in love that I might stop breathing Drew a map on your bedroom ceiling No, I didn't see the news Cause we were somewhere else Tumble down, pretend alleyways Cheap wine, make believe it's champagne I was taken by the Welcome back to Middle Taylor Swift, the woman of the year, bringing us back, person of the year, bringing us back in with a song whose name I don't know. I'm perfectly fine. Um, at the top of the hour, we're going to change gears a little bit to a legal update of the week. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and Donald Trump, all of them facing different types of legal challenges. The, the Donald Trump one, you might not be paying attention to, but might be the worst in terms of impact. I mean, Hunter Biden can go to jail, but... Uh, okay, they're all they're all pretty big. Uh, let's go to Gene in Brooklyn. Hey, Gene, welcome. Hey, how you doing, pal? Listen, I got to say this the proper way, because I don't want you to get insulted in any formal way. I know you don't. But could you give me one war that we won through appeasement? Well, it's kind of a contradiction. A, a war that we won through appeasement? No, appeasement means you're, yeah. you're, you don't go to war. Okay. I mean, we appeased. Give me one more. We, we appeased Hitler. We for, no, we, all right, no. all right. Here, here, Gene. I got one for you. We appeased Hitler way too long, but we eventually won that war. But after, after between Afghanistan, everything else, and we have not won anything. And if we don't be careful with Israel, if we don't let them do what they got to do, we're going down, pal. Well, let me ask you, Gene. You know, it's funny. Afghanistan is a perfect example, right? We blew the bejesus out of. Afghanistan, but we realized that there wasn't a, we learned there wasn't a government there to turn the keys over to. And so years and years and years later, and we leave and boom, the Taliban is reconstituted within an hour. Actually, Gene, that's a perfect example. I know it's not the example you were looking to make, but Gene, actually, Afghanistan is kind of the example that Israel must be staring at right now, or take Iraq. We were in Iraq and, you know, doing whatever we were going to do. The problem, here's, the, here's the, the, the bottom line of the problem. We need some kind of civil society there, a government that people trust, whatever it is, to give the keys to. I mean, it's not Hamas and it's not the Palestinian Authority and there is no option three. That's the problem. And again, that's not the problem for now. Now is the problem of just wiping out Hamas. Okay, that's fairly easy. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's an easy position to have. That's clearly what Israel is doing. It's clearly what we support them doing, etc. Putting putting aside the very difficult issues of that's messy, meaning war is messy and people die and innocent people die. But what comes next? And to some degree, the two things are connected. How they prosecute this part of the war may make it easier or harder for there to be a next. But it's not it's not a you know, Afghanistan is kind of the example, the cautionary tale. There was no we had no trouble just bombing the bejesus out of Afghanistan, eventually catching Osama bin Laden. Then what? Decades later, we were still in Afghanistan, desperately looking, trying to prop up a government. That had no credibility. And the moment we left, the conflagration continued. 
This is The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. The second hour is going to be more some uh, legal stuff. 800-848-WABC if you want to get up on the board. We have one line open, 800-848-9222. I'm Anthony Weiner. So great to have you along. I'm grateful to all of you for all your support, and we'll see you on the other side of the news. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, I'm not a big fan. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner. Taylor Swift day today on the middle. I'm here until four o'clock and then Curtis Lewa comes in to join me. We have a lot to talk about today. We will let you in on how Curtis does in the most recent poll of the possible mayoral race. You know, if you are a mayor and you are um, in literally in the middle of your term and people are talking about poll, if they're taking polls about what happens if you have to resign, that's a bad sign. <laughs> That's a bad sign. And some interesting polling that's out there. We're going to talk about it. We're going to we'll go around the horn about some names that are in these polls. Andrew Cuomo is one of them. And um, we're also going to – maybe by the time we get on the air at 4 o'clock, Shohei Otani will have made a decision. It's been confusing. There was all this speculation that he was flying into Toronto and they were going to roll out Toronto as his destination. And then it turned out, no, he never left California. He was still, I don't know. We'll, whatever will we'll be, will be. Case Sarah, Sarah. So let's do a little bit of the legal wrap-up of the week because all three of the big names that we've devoted to this, keeping you up to date, were all in the news. In no particular order, Hunter Biden was indicted. I told you last week that was probably going to happen, and it did. Now, he's already been indicted for having lied on a gun application you, the gun application says something along the lines of, I say I, I haven't used illegal drugs or anything like that. It turned out he said, no, I hadn't. They gave him a gun. That's an illegal – that's a violation of the law. He's indicted for that in Delaware. When the whole deal um, – when they had a plea bargain in place, it was to also plead to not paying his taxes, plead to a misdemeanor and have to make some compensation. So when that deal fell apart under public pressure from Republicans mostly – the special prosecutor in the case, this is not being supervised by the state, by the Justice Department directly. They have something called a special prosecutor. 
He says, I'm going to go to other courts also to try to bring this case. And one of them is California, where Hunter Biden was living at the time. Now he's been indicted for tax charges, three felony tax charges, six misdemeanors, failure to pay one point four million in federal taxes between 2016 and 2019, filed falsely in 2018, 56 paid indictment. I don't think it's a, it's actually a charge. I don't think it's called an indictment. And he can face 17 years in prison if indicted. Serious stuff. Nothing in the 56 page about any connection to his dad. So if you were waiting for that, that didn't happen. And I've said all along, just, just to reset the table about my take on Hunter Biden. Troubled guy during a troubled period. I read the book. He, I have some empathy for the guy. He was in active addiction. Um, was doing all kinds of things that he admits to and is a, he says he's ashamed of. And then to make it even worse, his laptop becomes public that has pictures and everything else. The guy's, you know, he gets hard not to feel a little bit of sympathy for him. But in terms of connections with his dad, haven't, that hasn't been found. I, I shouldn't say there's no connection with There are plenty of connections all throughout the laptop, all throughout the documents that have become public. Lots of connections with his dad. His dad doing his best to support him. It it, it it's somewhat heart it's somewhat heart uh, somewhat heartbreaking um, for me to read some of the stuff because I think about my own late father and my own late brother who I lost to addiction. Anyway, putting that aside, so it's serious stuff. Now, it has you would think that the critics of Hunter Biden who have been hounding him for years now would be happy about it, and instead there is this craziness about oh no that's that's not enough listen to my favorite host marie bartiromo talk about it is it not true that the uh, irs the fbi the doj knew all of this now for a long time they've been sitting on this potential indictment why do they release it now three days before hunter biden is expected to testify behind closed doors for even bigger crimes and that is uh influence peddling and money laundering and bribery does this now stop him prevent him from testifying on wednesday and is this a further cover-up I, I don't it's, know the. It's, that's enough, Amy. I mean, it, how mad this is nuts. So all of these government need to hand down an indictment for 17 years, and like, oh yeah, that's some way to cover it up. Actually, Comer himself tried this line. This is the guy from Kentucky, who's the chairman of the Oversight Committee. He was on with uh, Jake Tapper just last night, um, and listen, you can't see it through the radio, but. You imagine the look on Jake Tapper's face. Uh, this cut is about 50-some-odd seconds. Listen to this. We think that this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. We think there are many more crimes. And my concern is that Weiss may have uh, indicted Hunter Biden to protect him from ah, having to be deposed yes. in, the, in the House Oversight Committee yes. on Wednesday. He but indicted we him to protect him. Yes. The classic rubric. He indicted him to protect him. I got it. Well, look, this whole this, this Jake, this whole thing's been about a cover up. You know, you've got two. That's why he indicted concerns. him to to protect him to to cover it up. Well, he, look, <laughs> you indict him on the least little thing, the gun charge, and not paying taxes. He's facing prison? like seventeen I mean, additional exactly, years in prison. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's I don't. This is the it's crazy. You you you've been hunting this guy for years. They've been investigating for years, and they come out with an indictment that is serious stuff. The guy could go to prison for not paying his taxes. And you're saying, "Well, it's a cover up." This is the opposite. Whatever the opposite of a cover up, it's a 56 page thing. The reason there hasn't been, <coughs> forgive me, 
The reason there hasn't been anything on the other side is they've yet to come up with anything on the other side. And the same FBI agents and the same Treasury officials and everyone else, they could have. But the idea that this is getting covered up is pretty preposterous. The guy's in the news every single day, and they had a they had a deal worked out with him, a plea bargain. Now, one thing that, that Maria Bartiromo accidentally gets right is is I said last week or two weeks ago, when was it? They're all blending together. <clears throat> that if I was Hunter Biden's attorney, I would probably not let him. Now he can't. Now how do you testify? You literally can be it's, – it's all evidence. So I do think it's going to be really hard to testify and that's why I think Comey – Comer should have said, yeah, come testify in public. We don't care anyway. But to call this a cover-up is pretty absurd. Now, also this week, coming up actually – it looks like they're going to vote in the House of Representatives to authorize an impeachment of the president of the United States over his connection to his son. And you might be saying to yourself, oh, did they finally find something? No, they have not finally found something. And I can play clip after clip after clip of them saying it looks suspicious if we ever find this and we ever find that. So they're, they're going to hold this impeachment vote. Not to impeach him, but to open up an impeachment inquiry. <clears throat> and they don't have anything new. Now, here are the two new things since we spoke last. One, there was a fourteen, a series of $1,400 checks going from Hunter Biden to Joe Biden. Was it, or was it the other way around? I can't remember anymore. And they were payments for a truck. Not payments from China, not payments. This is, and how do, we, how do we get to the bottom of that? Well, I know what I did. Oh, no, it's from Hunter to Joe. What I did is I actually found, I'm like, all of this was coming out. And I'm like, this, something looks very suspicious. I feel like I remember this before. And sure enough, I went back to the Hunter Biden laptop stories in the New York Post. And I find this thing about Hunter's bills, 2018 or 19, when, by the way, Joe Biden is not even in office. And there's a thing here, Ford Raptor reimbursement, $1,380. Apparently, Hunter Bi- Joe Biden helped Hunter Biden buy a car and these were these were the the car payments for it and and then and then the dealer releases a a photograph they've had hanging in their dealership of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden standing in front of this Raptor which is apparently a big truck so that's the big smoking gun that Joe Biden helped Hunter Biden buy a truck but there's one other that came out it came out um actually a couple of weeks ago there was this check Going from Joe Biden's brother to Joe Biden for $200,000. And it said on it, loan repayment. But Joe Biden's brother, who, by the way, has been called to testify, had been getting money as part of um, uh, uh, from a Chinese company. So Comer et al. was like, aha. His brother got money from a Chinese company and then passed along $200,000 to Joe Biden. He got Chinese money. We finally found something to connect these two businesses, these two people, finally something to connect Joe Biden to all of this that was going on. The only problem was the check said loan reimburse, uh, loan repayment on the check from Joe Biden's brother, to Joe Biden and John and Comer, James Comer was like, well, we have no proof. We have no evidence. And even this morning, 
on Bo Snurdly's very fine show, his weekend extravaganza. He has this guy on his last name is Hunter, I think, coincidentally. Is that right, Ava? His last name is Hunter? And he's talking about this case. And listen to what he says about this $200,000 loan that um, was repaid to Joe Biden. Simply, right now, and I'll throw down the gauntlet to the president right now. You want to humiliate Republicans right now and almost guarantee your reelection because you have would have just disarmed the GOP with their greatest weapon against you. Prove that what you say is true. Show documentation. You don't have to show a contract. It's your brother. It's your son. You know, nobody's going to, maybe he is so uptight that he would write up a contract that says these are the terms of the loan or whatever. But there is, there would have to be transfers of funds from you to them for money from them to you to be loan repayment. Yeah, he's exactly right about that. There's only one problem. There was. The, the, the committee had gotten 10 years worth of bank records from James Biden. And there is a, a wire transfer with the, from the exact same account that it was wired into. It, there was a previous payment of $200,000 going from Joe Biden. The committee had that document. It was released this week by the Democrats. And all that Mr. Hunter or anyone has to do is just go look up, you know, fact check Joe Biden's $200,000 loan. To summarize, and by the way, Mr. Hunter says, oh, my God, that would be the end. He'd win re-election. No, it's the same stuff. They keep saying stuff that they know isn't true. As a matter of fact, the, 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 the committee, when asked about this, so we don't know if it's the same account. Oh, yeah, it has the last the same last four digits. And it happens to be an account of uh, of James Biden. And James Biden said, this is the, this is the, the here it is. He got a short term loan from his brother and Hunter. Mr. Hunter is there's so many hunters in this story. So the stuff gets debunked almost as quickly as it comes out. But they're still going to go have an impeachment inquiry. And if you think this is a good idea, I refer you to the previous impeachment inquiries of of of. Donald of Donald Trump and of um, of Bill Clinton. I mean, if you know, if 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 this stuff smells political, which it clearly does, I think the American people are going to rebel. So there it is. I mean, that's the latest. And finally, the latest on Donald Trump. Now, I know there's been a lot of attention paid to this civil trial. He had his witness come on. It was paid. Believe it or not, Donald Trump paid a witness to come testify in this case from his campaign. People who donated to him are now paying for paying for witnesses and his in his trial about his business. It's anyway, put that aside for a minute. So the guy came in, he's a professor at NYU. He said everything that Donald Trump did was completely on the level and there was no fraud at all. Great. Okay, that was that was excellent. But what I the thing that really happened to Donald Trump didn't affect didn't actually wasn't about him at all. It was about what's going on in the various states where this fraudulent elector scheme was being done. Now, I just want to catch you up on this because I know there are a lot of cases. What happens is we have the Electoral College. Once states vote, those state, the, there's lawsuits and there's challenges and everything else, but then it gets certified as final by the courts. Then whatever party won, whatever president, presidential candidate won, a slate of electors is chosen by the state legislature usually – And they're sent to Washington to be counted. 
So the fraud that is alleged to have happened, and now we know that it did, was that there was this whole campaign to send from states that Joe Biden won, that the cases had been resolved, that the states had chosen electors for Joe Biden, but to get a whole bunch of other people to to secretly name themselves as electors, send those to Washington and steal those states. Okay, That's what the crime is that's being investigated in Georgia. That's what's being investigated in Washington. And it's also being investigated in other states. So in Wisconsin this week, in a civil case, why it's civil and not criminal is not really clear. The electors pleaded guilty in the civil case, apologized, said that they were misled by the Trump team. They were misled into believing they would only be used in, in, in case. And some of them even said, described it as a scheme to steal the election for, the, for, for Trump. They called it that, the steal. And in Arizona, a criminal case has now been – has uh, indictments have been handed down. And the common, the common thing – and I said this might be – this turned out to be the worst uh, – that Donald Trump might have had this worse than anyone – is this guy Cheeseborough, the lawyer that kind of came up with this idea, is apparently helping the different states get convictions of people that engage in this. He has now pled guilty and he is now going around to these different states – and helping these different states do these investigations in order that these fraudulent electors are brought to justice. Now, why is this bad for Donald Trump? Because this guy, Cheeseborough, is now talking. And if Donald Trump says, I'm going to blame Cheeseborough, that means Cheeseborough is in the interest of trying to protect himself. And if he says, I told Donald Trump that this was illegal, or if he says, I knew this was not legal, or if I, if he says... If he starts testifying in cases all around the country saying we were aware that this was illegal and this was a violation, et cetera, et cetera, then this notion that Donald Trump might have thought he was doing the right thing to protect the the election or might have just been carrying out what he thought was the right thing goes out the window. It becomes very hard for him to do. So that's the update. So more people are going to go – are going to be – are being prosecuted because they went along with this scheme. It is – now they're all testifying in open court about what they did. Now they're all accepting responsibility for it. And even they are recalling that even, even they are recalling what that was going on was a possible steal of the election, not for Joe Biden, but for Donald Trump. So that case is moving along and it's getting more, more and more interesting. So that's Hunter Biden indicted. Joe Biden might face a impeachment decree and Donald Trump. Uh, the walls are closing in. The more and more people who are around Donald Trump are pleading guilty to committing pretty serious crimes. So we'll get to some phone calls. That's your legal update. We, we need to, you know, we need even we need like a legal update jingle for us to do. Um, if only I were a lawyer, I would have some good music for that. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. I'm Anthony Weiner. This is The Middle, and we'll see you on the other side. Radio 77 WABC. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, 
I'm not a big fan. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner. Don't blame me, love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Lord, save me, my drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life. Breaking hearts a long time and toying with them older guys just to play things for me to use. Something happened for the first time. And Welcome back to the middle. That's Taylor Swift. We're all we're doing Taylor Swift as the bumper music all day today because she's the person of the year. Usually, I would give you chapter and verse about what song it is. I don't know what song that is. She's fine. She's good. I'm pro. I'm pro Taylor. I don't. I'm passionate about it, but I'm pro Taylor. If you miss any part of this program, it'll be available as a podcast, and that's true of this program and just about every program that is you hear here on 77 WABC Radio. And also, the Middle Unplugged is a show that we do during the middle of the week, where it's a little bit of a different format. Obviously, it's a podcast. This week, we feature two great callers. From our show, episode 59, we talk a little bit about where we get our media information. They give some critiques about the, the show. Um, and 800-84-WABC is the way to contact me directly or wienerwabc at gmail.com. And one of our favorite callers and listeners, Chet, just checked in. Otani signed with the Dodgers 10 years, $700 million. Oh, my Lord. 10 years, $700 million. And do the math. He'll pitch for three of those, right? But the Dodgers, man, the rich get richer. So much for Toronto. The Toronto thing didn't make a lot of sense to me unless it was some kind of weird tax thing. I mean, why it's not New York is what I'm sure Curtis is going to talk about when he comes in at 4 o'clock. All right, let's go back to the calls. Let's go to Jim in Long Island. Hey, Jim, welcome aboard. Anthony, thank you for taking my call. Maybe you can explain to your, your audience about the 22 LLCs that I think 10 members of the Biden family owned and received multiple tens of millions of dollars in money from China, Ukraine, and Russia, and apparently provided absolutely no services or products for it. Well, first of all, none from Russia. That's just not true. Um, I don't I don't know the number. LLCs are common that people have LLCs, but but they they were selling they were selling the illusion of influence. I've said this, they were influenced, they were trying to influence peddling. The problem is, that's, that's Joe Biden's family. I mean, I care what Ivanka Trump's doing in, with her patents in China. Yeah, it's pretty shady. I care that, that Jared Kushner took $2 billion from the Saudis basically the day he left office. But the impeachment is not about his brother. It's not about his sister-in-law. It's about Joe Biden, and Joe Biden isn't touched by any of this. But if you want to say that these people were trading on the Biden name, well, newsflash, yes, <laughs> yes. Is, is that was that your point? Well, not not. not there's there's clearly been established that Joe Biden is, was getting kickbacks through through this money laundering nope, operation. Nope, that has so not been established. Jim, you can was, say that. Was, you can say that. Here, let me let me just say you can say that, but it is not true. If it had clearly been established, don't you think that one of our friends in Congress would have said we've clearly established it and shown evidence? You just won't report it. Here's an idea. Why don't you have Tony Bobolinsky on or the two IRS agents that testified? They're infinitely more qualified. Well, let me I ask am. you. Here, Tony Bobolinsky has been not only had the Donald Trump Justice Department said they didn't believe him. 
<laughs> right, the Donald Trump Justice Department. Right. No, the one well, he was inve- hey, he hey, was Anthony, interviewed. You, Jim, Jim, this? Jim, hold on a second, Jim. Hold on a second. Just so we understand, this investigation of Hunter Biden's connection to Joe Biden was going on for two years under Donald Trump, his Justice Department, his FBI, his IRS. You know that, right, Jim? I'm aware that he was president at the time, but it wasn't his. As you know, we live in a, a representative republic. He, oh, oh, oh wait a, a minute. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. So. So. Oh, you're telling that Donald Trump's uh, Justice Department was covering up uh, Joe Biden's malfeasance. That's what your position is. Oh, this isn't even credible. I mean, here's the problem. And I appreciate it. Jim. You're doing the best you can to argue an impossible position. You know, you can say, oh, he's got money from Russia. Not true. It's we've got this connection. Not true. The people that you would you would think if there if there was it's, if there was a connection, then you would have heard about it by now. There's a lot of money, uh, not as much as not tens of billion millions, whatever it was that we talked about. There's a lot of money that these Bidens were were clearly trading on their name, and it's clear that Hunter Biden was put on the board of Burisma because his name was Biden. No doubt about it. I mean, I do, you know you're not going to get any disagreement, but that's not what this investigation is about. It is not, well, because someone near him did something corrupt. And Bobolinsky, Bobolinsky, for those of you who are not following this as closely as I have, and Jim really should catch up, Bobolinsky was the guy that said 10% for the big guy. Okay. He said that in an e- – it was said in an email that wasn't even to Hunter Biden. It's just Hunter Biden was CC'd on it about a business that was an LLC existed for but never got off the ground, never had any money coming in or out. It never actually happened. And when Bobolinsky himself said, oh, this is Joe Biden is the big guy, the FBI interviewed him, Fox News interviewed him, the Wall Street Journal interviewed him, and they all said this guy is not credible. And by the way, have you seen Bobolinsky testify in front of the Oversight Committee? No, you haven't, because the guy has zero credibility. Look, I'm following this stuff. I'm on it. I'm I'm on it. I I know I know what's going on with this stuff. I'm watching every word that Comer says. He says there's a loan, and we don't have any. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Let's see about this loan that that might not be a loan. And then I find out two days later that the committee, in the fourteen thousand pages of documents and bank records had another another payment with the same exact bank account number coming in a couple of weeks earlier, clearly alone. These things are not hard to figure out. Let's go to John in Brooklyn. Hey, John. Anthony, thank you for taking my call. Um, let's not forget about uh, Hochul, who passed a rule for forced quarantine and forced, uh, and if you're being quarantined, you have some sort of disease. You to be forced to take certain medicine. It's rule two point one three. Yeah, I looked it up. I, I looked it up. This is much ado about nothing. But keep going. No, that's that's a statement, and it's much ado about something. Yeah. So here's what happened. So I appreciate John, and a few people have called in other shows about this. See, I, one of the ways I prepare for my show is I'm a religious listener to seventy-seven WABC, the best talk radio station in the nation. And people have been calling up. What, what is it? It's got a name, right? It's got a section. What is it called, John? 2.13. 2.13. So people can go look this up. So, so what happened is that all throughout the country, 
executives were doing things by uh, – were taking more power that was given to them by the legislature to be able to make decisions about the health care emergency that we had. That's true of the federal government, but it's also true of the state government. And so as part of the power that was given to the the executive branch was to do certain things, to take certain steps in case people needed to be quarantined, in case we needed to set up facilities, in case we needed to distribute medicines, et cetera, et cetera. So as part of that, this rule was was handed down by the Department of Health in the, in the state of New York. And some people said the rule went too far. You can say maybe it did, maybe it didn't. It hasn't been implemented. It hasn't been used for anything. But people are like, oh, my God, they're going to round us all up. So a couple of state legislators went into court and said this rule is a violation of the state constitution, should be thrown out because it goes too far. And the court said, you're a state legislator. If you want to change the law, go change the law. Take the power away from the governor. At any time, the state legislature can take that power away from the governor if they think it's being abused. But people have spun this into this conspiracy theory that the government is trying to round everybody up. No, there are a lot of rules and laws that were passed, including Title 42. Remember at the border that gave the president the authority to basically stop accepting people who were seeking asylum? That was an emergency power granted by the Department of about a health mandate in the federal government. This rule that this gentleman was calling about is something here in the state. If we think that the governor is abusing it or is it's being used unnecessarily, it's not been used at all yet. If the governor is abusing it, then the state legislature can go in and take the power back. And a lot of states are doing that. As a matter of fact, New York state legislature took back from Andrew Cuomo some of the powers that it gave her. So that's the deal with that. And I know someone called in Rudy's show this past week and asked about it and he hadn't been caught up on it. So there, now you're caught up on it. All right, next let's go to George in Rockland. Hey, George, welcome back. Hey, Anthony, how are you doing this uh, nice afternoon? I'm doing well, George. Thank you for calling. Okay, sure. Okay, so uh, listen, okay. This is to all the people that care for the poor Palestinians in Gaza, okay? Uh, I know how you can stop this uh, war in one day, okay? It's very simple, very simple, okay? All, all has to be done here is Hamas surrender completely, and their leader, Sinwar and Daf, okay, would, uh, would, uh, the U.S. would take possession on them and then put them in trial or do whatever. If they do this, okay, obviously they, uh, they release all the hostages. In one day, okay, this whole thing is over. Okay? Right, but then, George, but then, that's the easy part. Then what happens? What happens in, in Gaza after that? What happens in the West Bank after that? Okay, so okay, so if you like me to go there, I was talking about how to stop uh, what's going on there. Huh? You know, then I know, but George, the point I'm making, and I apologize for interrupting, but the point okay, I've been well, making, let me... yeah, I, I, I will, I kind of. The point I'm making is that that's the relatively easy part. Then what? So, George, give me thirty seconds on then what happens. Well, it's you know, you know, I, I believe, you know, I believe there should be a coalition. Of uh, of the Western world, okay, and I said specifically Western world, you know, that would devise a plan how to, uh, you know, how to make this strip a safe place, okay, for the inhabitants, okay. Obviously, Israel will have very strong say in it since it is on their border. George, will the Palestinians have rights to govern themselves? 
I, you know, I, 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 if you don't trust uh, the Western world to come to Amicwil, uh, you know, uh, to a reasonable, uh, good way, is that it'll be good for the Palestinian. Okay, George, that's George, story, George, but, George, but, answer my question. Are you going to let the Palestinians govern themselves? I, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying here, just like in World War II, uh, you know, uh, the U.S. and some of the other nations came and rebuilt uh, Japan. Yeah, but hi, 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 thank you. I appreciate George, and I appreciate you calling. Call us again soon. Yeah, that's not the same. Then the Japanese were governing themselves. If we're going to let the Palestinians govern themselves, and we have to, or because that's what they want, then it becomes who. That's the hard part. We'll see you on the other side. You can depend on us. Enable the 77 WABC Alexa skill at home. Download the 77 WABC mobile app on your phone. Don't miss a minute. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Finding new ways to make change. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all this happened, Anthony Weir, he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC. Strikes back. For those of you who missed the top of the show, Taylor Swift came in instead of my signature Ryan Adams, New York, New York. Ryan Adams getting even here. I think we're a little tailored out. So 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We're talking a little bit of a hodgepodge at this point. Gave you an update. Got a couple of texts from people who said I was too beefy with the guy who called about Hunter Biden. Here, look. I mean, now you almost have to be willful if you, you know, look, I, 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 I get it over and over again. These people like Comer and these other people, Comey or Comer are telling you Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, the Hunter, Hunter Biden, the Biden crime family and everything else. But if you just listen, if you just listen to the fact checks that are going on, even in places like Fox News, they all say the same thing. And, you know, I had... You know, Ducey and these other guys, they all say the same thing. Everyone knows there's nothing, there's no connective tissue there yet. And so what people wind up saying about the Hunter Biden and the, the Bidens and everything else is they conflate everything all together. Now they've got a name for it. They've got the Biden crime family. That's not the way things are done. And if you really do believe that there was something that was done illegal by Hunter Biden, you're not alone. He's now been indicted. 
And we're going to find out there's going to be a trial. Just like, uh, just the same way I say with Donald Trump, now we got a trial. Hunter Biden's going to have plenty of good lawyers. But years and years and years of investigation by Trump officials, by independent prosecutors, and like no one's the best thing to come up with is, is he paid for his car? Yeah, he did. And we've known that for years that he paid for his car. It was right there in the laptop that was published in the, in the, in the New York Post. But the Joe Biden connection? Sorry. Just, I mean, maybe it's there, but not yet. Let's go to Tony in New Jersey. Hey, Tony, welcome. How you doing, A.W.? Hey, pal. If you don't, I don't know, you don't mind me saying that, do you? A.W.? No, those are my, that's the, my first initial is, my first name's Anthony, so that would be the A. My second yeah. initial is Wiener, W for Wiener, so that would be the W. So I think we got, those initials are pretty much, um, pretty much correct. Thank you, pal. Uh, I would, you're a really smart guy and, uh, you, you sound like a great attorney, a lawyer I'm not. and a politician. And I think that, uh, you should debate Mayor Giuliani cause you guys on the same level. I think that you would guys- be, a, that would be a great idea. Let me, in, let, let me let you in on a little something here, Tony. Uh, by the way, I'm not an attorney. I was formerly a politician, but I'm not an attorney. I have been on Sid's show. I have been on with Greg Kelly. I have hosted the Bo Snerdly show. I have been – I've hosted the Overnight show. I've been on every show that they do here except for the Rudy Giuliani show. And I want to tell you that's not by choice. Do you, do you read my meaning, Tony? OK. Yeah. I'll have to talk to Rudy then. Uh, I mean all, all I can say is I – uh, you know, I, I am – I'm the utility – I'm the Felix Mian. I'm a utility guy here and that I like going on other shows. And one of the things that John and Margot and, and Chad, the people that kind of run the show around here have said that they want to hear other sides. And whenever I go on with other folks, it's not always I'm, – I'm not, I'm not brilliant or anything, but it's good radio. It's not like one hand clapping. I would welcome the opportunity to do that anytime, anyplace. All right. Next, let's – thank you, Tony. Next, let's go to George. Oh, George. George in – it doesn't say where you're from, George, but go ahead, George. I was the call clerk. I've talked to you. Yes. I'm just giving you my insight. I have a lot of years of experience, as I've told you, about Mayor Adams. While I worked in state Supreme Court in the criminal division, we had buddies in the federal court, and you know being involved with them, very high conviction rate, very uh, – you know, it's loaded against you. Either go plead guilty and go to jail. By the way, they gave you too much time in jail. They really gave you the royal – screwing, as we say. But I didn't call to talk about you. Those days are over. When I used to get a warrant, and if it was just a regular warrant, I would look it over. I'd give it to the judge. If he knew the cops, he would sign off on it. But when somebody came in, and there were times they came in, they were people of prominence, famous people, the judge would really look it over, and he would question uh, whoever it was, you know, what's the chance of the conviction? What's really going on here? In federal court, they're even worse. That judge, when they came into that for the warrant for, for Adams, I am 98% sure he just didn't really, really sign it. He really Q&A'd them. And, and for them to serve the warrant the way they did out on the street in the open, he's a prominent, really prominent guy. I'm not saying I like him, don't like him. That's irrelevant. 
he's a famous guy, head of the biggest city in the country, most important place. Uh, I'm going to sum up when I'm not a lawyer. He's in big, I think he's big, in big trouble. I think they got some good something on him. I don't know if he'll be convicted. And I think in January or February, they don't want to do it during the holidays. I think he's going to be indicted. Well, I don't other- look, I, I would agree with you, George, but you know, your experience is not dissimilar from mine. I mean, having been in the other side and I appreciate your call, having been on the other side as someone who, who is now who 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 went through the federal system in the in the Southern District? They're serious, but let's keep something in mind here. You know, we know that his fundraiser ha- was searched. We know that um, Eric Adams was. For all we know, there are four or five other people that were also. It might just it might he might not be the target of this thing. But I will say this: ninety seven percent. If you find out that he has been indicted. People don't get indicted and don't wind up doing time in the federal – 97%. They don't mess around. And because one of the reasons they don't mess around is their ability to say you are going to plea or dot, 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 or we're going to throw the book at you for those other crimes. That's one of the reasons I pled. Um, the thing that I would say though is – and we'll talk about this with Curtis a little bit – is there's got to be more than we know. And I know that – you know. That the state court system leaks a bit. The federal court system does not. There's more here than someone got moved up on the list to have a fire inspection. It's got to be. There's more here than someone gave a campaign contribution and had a, a fire inspection expedited. When the guy, he wasn't even mayor at the time. What we're hearing can't be the full sum and substance of the, because now the courts, through precedent, through Supreme Court rulings, have said you've got to show a literal quid pro quo. I will, you know, him saying, I will give me this contribution and I will do A, B, or C for you. It can't be I got a campaign contribution and I did something that government offices do all the time. In in in, in, in the, the McConnell decision, which was nine to nothing in the Supreme Court, uh, this, the former governor of Virginia had his conviction thrown out because they said the guy was doing politics and politics is not illegal. But I don't disagree with the idea that everything we've seen so far does not look good for Mayor Adams. And let me say one other thing about this whole notion of timing. I don't think they care that it's the holidays. What they do care of is they wait much longer than you're going to be in a mayoral reelection campaign. So I do think that if something's going to happen, it's going to happen relatively soon. And I would point out there was a long investigation of Bill de Blasio and he was not charged with anything. Um, and it, too, was a kind of a pay-to-play kind of thing. So I think there might be more here than meets the eye, um, not less. And I do think that there is a chance that two or three people in the in the administration wind up getting indicted, and it's not the mayor. You could have that happen, too. Or you could have, you know, they gather up all the information, say that there's no there there. And that could happen, too. But I, one way or the other, the the – Citizens, when they hear that you're under investigation, that's a presumption almost of guilt, and it really hurts. Now, he has plenty of time. It's two years, and, and the, but the polling shows that it's hurting him, and if it's not like he was doing so great before all this, and uh, Curtis and I are going to talk about this when he comes in for left versus right at 4 o'clock. Uh, he's got some – there's some new polling that's out, and Curtis has more than a passing interest in this. He not only has, he's, gets a lot of this information first, but also – He's one of the persons. He's one of the people that's going to start showing up in these polls 
sooner rather than later. So we'll have plenty of time to explore it with him. We'll see you on the other side. This is The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Thanks for being here. Radio 77 WABC presents the Bull of a Frank Sinatra Birthday Bash. Celebrate the Sultan of Swoon with your host, Joe Piscopo, live from Studio 77. Happy birthday to myself. Happy birthday to me. Swing with us, the Bull of a Frank Sinatra Birthday Bash. Tonight, starting at 6 p.m. Finding new ways to make change. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all this happened, Anthony Weir, he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC. Dress up like hipsters and make fun of our exes. Uh-uh, uh-uh. It feels like a perfect night for breakfast at midnight to fall in love with strangers. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, we're happy, free, confused, and lonely at the same time. It's miserable and magical. Welcome back to the middle. That's Taylor Swift singing about her relationship. <laughs> That's how unusual. I'm going to stop. Uh, you know, one thing I forgot to get to. Here's the problem with only being on once a week. It's great that it's two hours. I'm going to do another hour with Curtis on left versus right coming up at the top of the hour at four o'clock. There's so much I don't get a chance to get to. Did you see this week that the new Speaker of the House, this guy Johnson, he's releasing all this videotape from January 6th. Ah, fine. Release it. All the people that are charged with crimes have had it for like years now. So everyone's seen it. That's important to see it. But he said he's going to blur the faces, that they're going to release it all because they're going to blur the faces. Here, here, this is what he has to say. Trust the American people to draw their own conclusions. We should not, they should not be dictated by some narrative and accept that as fact. So they can review the tapes themselves. Uh, we're going through a methodical process of releasing them as quickly as we can. As you know, we have to blur some of the faces of persons who uh, participated in, in, uh, in the events of that day because we don't want them to be retaliated against. Well, wait a minute, and, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, and, wait a minute. I thought they were Antifa. I thought they were FBI plants. If you blur the faces, how are we going to find out that they're that? Right. I mean, am I wrong about this? If you really believe that this these were Antifa or FBI plants, then don't blur the faces because that's how we're going to find that out. Right. Sooner or later. Someone's going to come forward. I got a picture of a guy who's on the FBI or an Antifa guy who's who we saw on this video. Did we forget that that was one of the explanations that that the Meshuganas on the on the right uh, who were defending the January six uh, 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 criminals were using that it, that it actually was Antifa? That's the part that I don't understand. Why would you want to blur out the face? It, isn't the purpose of this? So we can find out he changed his position after that because, frankly, what he just said, 
is we're going to blur the faces because we want to obstruct justice. So he changed his position like an hour later. But seriously, I mean, sooner or later, isn't someone going to come up with a picture? Remember that guy they try to say that he was an F- a plant and <laughs> ruined the guy's life? Anyways, and anything funny about him is 1,100 some odd people have gone to prison. They got la- la- there's one of the, one of the guys that went to prison for January 6th. He's running in the George Santos seat as a Republican. There you go. That should be interesting. See how good a job he does in Congress. By the way, that that seat is going to be a special election. It's going to be in February. There's no primaries. Each party kind of chooses their their nominee in in what in what's called the 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 Democratic and Republican committeemen all get together. It's the last of the inside. Smoke-filled room kinds of things. Democrats have told, chosen this guy Tom Swazi, who was the who was previously there, ran for governor against Hochul, and now he was going to get a seat back. That's who the Devon The Republicans can't figure out who to put up because they got one guy who's put himself forward, who turns out that he was a Democrat to like yesterday. Another person who's donated money to Santos. Like now, everyone's really vetting these people really hard because they're concerned about another Santos. So the Republicans still, as we sit here, I don't think that they've chosen a candidate to go in and, and I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not, it is a part of the state that has been trending red the last couple of elections. And that district is a swing election is a swing district. But I do think that the former incumbent Tom Swazi will win. And I do think that, um, that that will reduce the margin in the house to like two or one for the Republicans. So these are going to be some very interesting times. Maybe at a time that the margins are so close that we argue less about the ridiculous stuff and look for the places that we can get together, kind of respect the middle. The middle in this country overwhelmingly supports aid to Israel. Let's do it. Supports aid to stand up to the to Putin. Used to be a, a bipartisan thing. I think it is still. A to help bolster our defenses in the in the in 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 the in the Pacific against China, and funds to hire more agents to patrol the border, more machinery to scan buses and cars, which is the way fentanyl comes in, more officers and agents to be able to when 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 the these people ask for asylum, they're not here five years, we process them more quickly. That seems like the kind of thing that we should be doing. Impeachment hearings on because the guy had a son who was a junkie, who's already the, the criminal justice system is doing a pretty good job on prosecuting him. There are lots of places I think that we can kind of agree on, and if we can't all get together and agree, we should just throw up our hands and put Taylor Swift in charge. She can do anything. It's been great having you along on the middle. Stick around at four o'clock. The left versus right with Curtis Slewa. I want to thank Ava for managing the board, Kevin for supervising, Christian for taking the calls, and all of you for help making the show a success, especially the callers. And for those of you celebrating Hanukkah, Haksameyak. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>